0: Your knee. I fell. Emma, what are you doing out here? I'm looking for Mary. She lives in there. Okay, I don't want you to ever come out here again. Do you understand me, Emma? Never, ever. Mom! Never! Cross your heart. Okay.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of that So Random a Random Movie podcast. I am Heath Lambert. My guest this episode, Silas D. How are you, man?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm all right. We're and the movie's all right. We're here to talk about uh, this week' Wicked Little Things from the year of our Lord 2006. I don't know. I don't know how you feel. I guess we'll get into it. But not 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 a spectacular film by any means. But not a terrible yeah. film either. It's okay. <laughs>
0: My personal rating was, like, a 7 out of 10 overall. What? Like it That's was pretty terrible. good. It was terrible. I didn't feel like I wasted however long, like, uh, two hours of my life. But there was some stuff lacking.
1: Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. It's maybe not worth more than one.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: not at all. It's just very... It feels very... I don't know, just paint Low my... Low budget? Yeah, I, I'm probably, sure it is, but it didn't even feel like... I mean, I've had low-budget movies on here, and this isn't it. But I don't just kind of paint my numbers. Like, there's nothing about it that leaps out as, like, oh, what a cool idea that is for a horror you know? Like, it all feels kind of like, well, I've seen this somewhere before, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, like, going through it, I was just, like, <laughs> stereotypical creepy house, um, stereotypical random person dies. Like, it's kind of like they took some of the lesser-known and just like threw it on a canvas and was like let's see if this all sticks
1: yeah and they can't decide if if, if we're dealing with ghosts or zombies or yeah like are they both the first? Tw-
0: yeah no i was just like the first 20 minutes i was like okay are they ghosts like we're dealing with ghosts and then the one dickish character's like oh you're dealing with zombies and i was just like are they like they're not clear on what they wanted to do
1: no they behave like zombies in the In that they eat people, (laughs) like they eat flesh, but they're also like out for revenge. They're stuck in a certain place. There's rules that they can only attack certain people, kind of. So they're almost more like ghosts, and they haven't, they're not rotting or anything. I mean, they look like evil and whatever, but so they're kind of a a weird mix of both. I don't know. It's not terribly clear. Uh, The movie's directed by. Uh, Welcome back to the show. Director J.S. Cardone, who directed previous episode, Shadow Zone, long, long ago. It's the first time I've had a, a repeat director. He also directed the Prom Night remake and 8mm 2 and some other stuff. But that's really the only stuff of note. But it's cool to see a different... This is... Hmm. Is this a better movie than Shadow Zone or not? Yeah. Probably. It's less cheesy for sure. He definitely grew as a filmmaker between the two because this isn't a bad-looking film. It's not shot poorly or anything.
0: No, it looked solid. Like, you know, there's just some of those movies and you're like, why does this look like it was shot on a baked potato? (laughs) It didn't look like that. Like, it actually looked like it was done pretty well. My only complaint really about like the aesthetics of it is that some scenes were just like way too dark and you're just sitting there like, okay, um, are we going to advance to where we could actually see the movie?
1: 100%. It's not lit terribly well. I think they went a little overboard on atmosphere. But uh, the film opens in 1913, rural Pennsylvania. There are child minors, and they're minors, so I guess minor minors. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or be just being, like, slave-driven and put to work by this the mine foreman or whatever, the guy who owns the place. And he's sending kids into these holes that are dangerous and ready to collapse. And then there's an accident with some lit dynamite. And the whole thing collapses. And the grown-ups get out just fine. But these kids are sealed forever yeah, I... away in this mine.
0: Yeah, no, um, I kind of stopped the movie a few minutes in and just, like, looked at the start of it because I was really curious to look up and see if Addytown was real, the town that the movie was based in, and doing a little research, um, Addie town's not real, but it actually does mimic a lot of western Pennsylvania towns, like Allegheny, Fayette, and Westmore. And so those were a lot of cold towns in Pennsylvania, so that's true to the area, at least. Another thing that I noticed that they actually did do pretty well, which I thought was going to be a sign of it being a good movie, is they actually showed the bird in the cage, which actual miners used. They would have canaries in cages to test for carbon monoxide and other poisons. Mm-hmm. And if the bird died, they would get out. So I thought since, like, they went into detail with that and they showed it, that the movie was going to be good. I was unfortunately wrong, but... <laughs> well, I mean, it's,
1: it's not that it's not good. It's not, <laughs> it's not great,
0: I guess. It's fine. It's not terrible.
1: No. Let me, I'm going to stop here for a second. Let me just say this is your first podcast ever. I've had guests on who have been on multiple podcasts, multiple episodes of my show. And in the first however many minutes, you have done more research than just about anybody. I'm very impressed. You're going to be oh, on this show I... a lot. I'm telling you right now.
0: Oh, I would be honored. But it's just, i overthink a lot so whenever i watch a movie i get really invested and so i analyze it a lot like i do this to my fiance, my mom everybody and so i love looking at movies especially movies that like show like oh it's like uh the tv show supernatural they always talk about how like oh kansas and different places in the u.s so it's interesting to like look at those different places at least for me and see okay are the stories that they're talking about true to that area. Like, did they do any sort of prep work for it?
1: Alright, so let me cut to modern day. We meet our three main characters. Karen the mom, who's played by Lori Herring, who isn't, I guess, terribly noteworthy. She's done a couple other movies with this same director, so they must get along pretty good. Then we have the oldest daughter, Sarah, who's played by scout Taylor Compton. Who, who was in
0: Halloween 2007?
1: Who played Rob Zombie's Laurie Strode? I think God bless her. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Me on those movies are not uh, my cup of tea. But that's neither here nor there. But that's what she's known for, I think, mostly. And then the youngest daughter Emma is teeny little Chloe Grace Moretz. In I mean, I don't think this is her first thing ever, but an adorable little kid and a pretty decent child actress who has grown up to be a pretty decent grown up actress. People seem to have issues with her. So. I don't know what it is but they people seem to really not like her sometimes and I've always thought she's fine. I don't know.
0: Yeah, like everything I've seen her in, she's done pretty decent acting. Like I can't say it's like the best I've ever seen but it's not like she can carry herself pretty well.
1: Yeah, and she's like charming and I don't know. But uh, yeah, she's just a little kid in here with the big, she's the not a super precocious like annoyingly precocious kid but she's got the big eyes and the you know she's cute
0: Um, you know your stereotypical movie little child of hope that like the movie kind of drives on her being like the kid character being the innocent one who's like nobody believes me and then at the end of the movie everyone's like we should not have doubted the kid
1: (laughs) yeah and she does here and there does some creepy stuff, but she's never like the creepy kid. She's not like, like the kid who played Gage in Pet Cemetery and was in uh, West Craven's Zoo Nightmare, I forget his name, but like that kid's just a creepy kid at all times. Everything he's in. <laughs> he's just a little creeper. Yeah, and she doesn't definitely. have that. She never comes across as creepy.
0: She just comes off as like a kid those creepy stuff's happening around her.
1: They are... Can we? We can do whatever you like, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say can we talk about the country store scene because the clerk was really creepy
1: yeah we're coming up on that these three are driving to their uh, we have it's a dead husband situation a dead dad situation we don't ever find out exactly what that's about but i suspect it sounds like he killed himself
0: no it's to me it sounded like he had like cancer because the one line she's talking to the water repairman and she say he asks if she's Atani, which is her husband's name, and the husband. And so she says, the husband passed unfortunately due to illness, and it cost a lot of money. So that's why they were in the house.
1: Okay, I mean, okay, I missed that the line about the money because illness even could be seen as mental illness. Just because there's a scene at dinner where Sarah's really giving it to her mom in a pretty rude fashion, and you know, mom says to them like, it wasn't like dad leaving wasn't his fault which I don't know to me for some reason that just rang of like maybe he killed himself but you're I think you are correct but yeah they're coming to they have inherited from the dead husband dead dad his I guess family's home out in the boonies in Pennsylvania the Tunnies uh, which he we learned he never really talked much about, I think it probably came as a surprise to Karen and the kids that this place even existed. But they've lost their other house, presumably, so this is where we're going to live now. On their way, they almost hit a guy crossing the road. So we get a little bit of a, not even a jump scare, but you know, and we'll see that guy again of course. Was this, oh, I suppose, yeah, the store scene is before they get there, yeah. Go ahead and say whatever you had to say about that.
0: Yeah, so they get to the little country store. And they're grabbing the stuff, and the clerk, his name's Walter, and he's just like, it's easy to get lost in these woods. To me, that rung, is it actually easy to get lost, or is there kind of like a whole cover-up? Like, people are going missing because of the kids from the coal mine, which, continuing on that later, but I thought, like, he just acted, like, really funny, especially when the mom told them where they were moving to, and... I just overall, I thought he was a little offsetting because when they were leaving, he doesn't say goodbye to any of them. He just focuses on the little girl and he's like, okay, bye, Emma. And I was like, hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't care for that. <laughs> I don't care for you that know, at all. I
0: just thought it was a cat beard.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can you can talk to grownups. You don't need to talk to that kid <laughs> at all. I know like, you're trying to just be nice or whatever, but yeah, that that's a little odd. Yeah, it seems to be kind of... Just common knowledge around the area that, like, oh, the tunnies are this and that, and there's zombies up there. Because, like, the kids in town that Sarah befriends are like, oh, there's zombies by your house. Like, it's just known. Like, it's not even, like, it goes even like a step beyond urban legend. It's not like, oh, my uncle told like, me this oh. story from, like, they're just straight up like, oh, you live in a haunted house. Like, <laughs> like, everyone just knows. So, yeah. I guess he's kind of trying to warn them, but he's not. You know, he's not like Crazy Ralph on Friday the 13th or something, he's not like...
0: He's not like, get out of here now, leave, it's just...
1: He's not like, you don't want to go there. Be
0: careful in the woods. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, then they almost hit the guy, they get to the house, they find a coat of sticky red stuff all over the door, which is blood. They try to (laughs) talk themselves out of it for a second, like, that can't be blood, right? That's just some kind of weird... No, it is. And uh, we'll get an explanation on that later. Uh, in the house, the house seems like it was just abandoned very quickly because there's a Christmas tree still up that's like all rotten and fallen, you know, decrepit. And... Yeah,
0: like everything is left untouched. Like in Emma's room, you see it in a couple of minutes after they, what well, I call it the Scooby effect, you know, everybody splits off and goes okay, to get yes. them over the house. Emma goes into the kid's room and it's all set up for a little kid and there's an indent in the bed, like somebody who had been like very dirty had been lying there and you see a little doll it passes very quick but there's a little doll sitting on a shelf and you're like hmm so you wonder okay who lived in this house and then it pans over to the mom in the basement and lo and behold here's a picture of all the little kids from the coal mine which in my head was like oh shit they lived here (laughs) at least some of them
1: yeah some of the minor kids were Tunnies, which I don't really know what the I'm still trying to wrap my head around, around the genealogy of some of this because Aaron what's his name Hanks his he's related to one of the kids who died in this mine but then how, like but how if the kid died they didn't like grow up and have kids and you're his kid or his grandson are you like some kind of weird cousin or and if so like no, how, s- how distant why do you care
0: <laughs> see how it looked to me was. There's the two tiny kids, Mary and her brother, and then the relative of Hanks. So probably what could have happened was those families were like, oh, no, our kids died. Let's try for another. Or they had older siblings who somehow escaped having to be in the mines that had kids. So probably a weird cousin situation. And that's how they're related, because there had to be more than two tiny kids for the dad's family to progress.
1: That's true. You've put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I usually just make fun of stuff. You're doing good, um, but yeah, it looks like whoever lived here, it's been a long time, and they, it seems they left in a hurry around Christmas time because they didn't, you know, the Christmas tree's still up, so we don't, I mean, we don't really ever learn necessarily what that's about because it's not like the Tonys who lived there would have been attacked by the zombie ghost kids, because their whole thing is they won't hurt their own blood, we'll find out, or whatever. yeah. So I don't know why they would have scampered off in the middle of the night, or whatever, but it's a mystery, I guess.
0: It's just kind of like an untied hole that they just left.
1: I guess it's just atmosphere of like, ooh, this house is kind of creepy, and everything's falling apart and decrepit, and the... Yeah, the water's not working. I guess they have electricity, but the water's not working right away. Is so that have a guy come out and fix that? Yeah, she does find a photo. all kinds of stuff in the basement, but yeah. First, a photo of these minor kids, which she... Did. I mean, she looks at it, but doesn't think much of it at the moment. But it is... But then I, went, I don't... I know times were tough. <laughs> but how do you have... Like, that means you knew your kids were working in this mine. If you have their picture, like, you took their picture, like, oh, it's, it's, like, instead of, like, kids' first day off to school, it's our kids' first day off to the, first day to the mine. mine. <laughs> you know, like, how did you allow that to happen? I mean, I guess if you're poor and well, starving, every family member has to work or something, but still, I don't know. It seems like a weird thing to commemorate, your kid being, <laughs> going into dangerous slave labor, but... Yeah,
0: you no, know, that, I did strike that quite a bit odd, like, who took the po- photo, and especially... Why would the family be so proud of it? And then also speaking of the photos in the movie, when the mom finds the photo album and you finally can connect that there were the Tunny kids were part of the Cole kids. There's pictures like a police lineup of like a piece of paper marking how tall each of the kids are in their underwears. And then why was Hank? Why was Hank's family member in the book? Like, was it a book of all the cool kids, or was it a book of Tunnies?
1: I don't know. That's a very good question. <laughs> that is a, an exposition dump for our benefit that doesn't really make a ton of sense. But yeah, their first night in the house, they're having dinner, there is a bit of a, not an argument, but yeah, Mom's pretty overwhelmed, because Sarah's being a real, I don't know, she's just being bitchy. <laughs> she's just being like, well, I mean, she's being a teenage girl who had to move away from her friends and stuff, so I get it. But like mom's overwhelmed too, and she doesn't need to hear your bullshit right now, you know, complaining yeah, no. about this and that, and oh, this house is terrible, and I don't want to go to school with a bunch of hillbillies and all this stuff, and like mom's doing that her part best, made me man, <laughs> you know, like she's really she's trying her best, and and she's also always trying to scare Emma, you know, she's like, oh, there's a monster in your room, whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, like they definitely did not push like the sisterly love because later on in the movie. When Sarah's terrified, like, and Emma's goes missing, she's like, Mom, we have to get out of here. We have to leave now. Like, what about your little sister?
1: Yeah, dude, she doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't, like, where we, we need to, yeah, we need to peace out of here.
0: She Where's Emma? Like, who cares where Emma is? To a new level.
1: But also, not to defend her, but kind of in her defense, Emma is constantly wandering off into the woods, far from her house. So kind of she gets what's coming to her. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. Karen that night has it. That's her name, right? Yes, the mom, Karen. Yep. What an unfortunate name these days um, for a blonde <laughs> lady. But she doesn't behave like a Karen. She's fine. She has a dream or a nightmare, I guess, about yeah, a spooky looking minor kid in her room who hit, kills, hits her with a pickaxe while she's sleeping. But she wakes up it wasn't real. But why? I mean, she doesn't have any sort of blood tie to this place she married into it. So I don't know, other than to be spooky, why, you know, she would be having dreams specifically about these haunted kids that she doesn't know about yet. So
0: I guess she saw the photo, but...
1: Because she saw the photo of the kid minors, but she didn't hear the story yet, I don't think, that like, oh, yeah, there was a line up there that collapsed and killed all these kids, and that's what that photo is. So I don't know why she would have this nightmare other than for our benefit but again yeah
0: like the nightmare comes before like any true digging comes in about it because she the plumber comes and he's down in the basement and he's like well i'll make sure i'll be out of here before nightfall i don't want to stick around here and she asks who's the kids in these pictures and i was like yes go mom asking a good question starting off right getting answers and then he just kind of like tells her a little bit about it like oh, those are the kids from the mine. and But he doesn't share that, oh, those kids in the mine were Tunnies or anything like that. So, like, he didn't know much about it, but he did know some.
1: Well, he knew enough to, and here's, you know, you say mom asked a good question, and she did. But a better question would be, I mean, look, if I just moved here, I'm living out in a creepy house in the woods, and the guy who came to fix the Place is like, I gotta get out of here before the sun goes down. I need to know why. What do you mean by that, sir? Because <laughs> that's a weird thing to say. That is. I would have follow-up questions like this to that statement yeah that is handyman Harold who's played by Jeffrey Lewis who's in he was in the Lawnmower Man and Way of the Gun, uh, Devil's Rejects, Double Impact, the Sean claude Van Dam movie so he's been in a bunch you see him and you recognize like look at me like oh I know that guy from something so he's one of those character actors that's in a bunch of stuff um, or right after the dream, Karen kind of wandered around and found noticed there there was a fresh coat of blood on their front door. And she sees someone, like, walking off, right? Like, oh, that's the guy who did it. Yeah. Yeah, but she doesn't chase after him or anything. So Nope,
0: just shuts the door. Yeah.
1: Again, I would have follow-up questions. Like, who are you and why are you doing this?
0: But she's, yeah.
1: She's got other stuff on her mind, I guess. She sends Sarah to town with a list of like, get this stuff from the store, I need this stuff. You know, food things and household items that they need. And she meets some teens. Tim, Sean, and Lisa. Everybody has real generic names in this. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's fine. Don't want somebody with too crazy of a name, then you have to explain why they have a crazy name. But they're, yeah, they're trying to talk to her at first. She's like... I don't know, I want nothing to do with these kids. Like, fuck off, all of you. But then, like, the one, the boy in the back seat, Tim, who's, like, the night nice, It's Tim, right? Yeah. Tim's the nice one? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sean's the cocky one.
1: Yeah, he's kind of a dickhead. But Tim leans forward and is like, you know, hey, never, never mind him. That guy's a jerk. Like, what's your name? And they, you know, kind of get really goo-goo Google eyes at each other, and so she's, she's in. So this is her new... Friend group. Then we cut to. Little Emma is wandering in the. Like I said, so far from her house because when. We can't really tell. We don't know the geography of the place, but like we don't see the house anywhere near her where she's at. And when Karen goes to look for her, there's like a it's ravine like a with secret. rocks between them. Like there's so many. So far away that has wandered from the house. I'm all the way through the woods to the mine entrance. And the whole. All the time she's hearing like kid whispering kid and stuff.
0: Whispering. Yeah,
1: creepy shit. And. So Karen's freaking out. She finally notices Emma's gone. Not in the house anymore. She's gone through the wood. Manages to find her. Also manages to find... There's a a part of the woods where there's a bunch of dead rabbits just hanging. And...
0: Yeah, kind of like a walkway to the mine.
1: Yeah, but which Emma didn't notice, I guess. She must have taken a different route or something. Because she... I would think if a little kid saw that, they would run away. But Karen sees it and then finds Emma kind of standing in the entryway, entryway, the entrance to this abandoned mine built into the hill, and of course freaks out, like, oh my god, I've been looking everywhere for you, don't do that, you scared me, what's going on, you know? And Emma says that, oh, like my friend Mary lives in there, and she doesn't, like, she's tired of living in there, she wants to, like, live with us. Which, look, kids have imaginations, but I'm telling you right now, (laughs) I have a seven-month-old daughter. When she's old enough to talk, and walk around. If she starts saying shit like this, we're moving. <laughs> like, there's not a, gonna be a discussion about it. <laughs> like, if she starts talking about her invisible friend who like lives in her closet, live with you. Yeah. Yeah. Peace out. We will go somewhere yeah. else because I don't play <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Like, I and you would get like a few minutes later in the movie you get the sister being like oh is Mary like Wizzy which was apparently her old imaginary friend and everybody just kind of writes it off which I hate in horror movies because they always just make the kid look like they're crazy yeah
1: it's fine if they want to be like oh she's had imaginary friends before so it's a big deal except that did her last imaginary friend lure her into the woods to the entrance to a dangerous abandoned mine probably not (laughs) this is not the same situation
0: yeah no. (laughs) and it should have been proof because in a couple scenes later emma's walking around with instead of her teddy bear a doll and it's mary's doll and then the mom's like where'd you get it and she's like mary gave it to me and she's like no seriously and the emma looked like woman i told you i got (laughs) it from the ghost
1: yeah she's like mary traded me my teddy bear for this doll there's, you should launch an immediate investigation. Is that teddy bear still in your house? If it's not, move.
0: <laughs> Honestly, move, leave. like get your car and leave
1: <laughs> because
0: ignored.
1: It's not okay. Oh, but we saw the doll in the room earlier, right?
0: Yeah, that. So the was doll the didn't just appear. It didn't just appear, but
1: so I can see why mom maybe so, didn't believe that. But yes.
0: but the, towards one scene, the mom's like, "Emma, promise me you won't go into the woods like that again." And so she's like, "I promise." And then she goes to sleep, but right before she does, she ha- talks to her mom. She's like, hey, mom, if, is it okay if, like, Emma comes to play here since I can't go to the mine? And the mom's just kind of like, yeah, whatever, if she actually could. And then you see Mary standing right behind the door. And I was just like, and now it makes sense, but, like, could Mary get in the house because she's a Tunny? Because the other kids couldn't get in the house because of the blood on the door. Or did they just not care enough to enter?
1: Yeah, because this was Mary's room? So this is like her place to officially haunt? Who knows? It's just creepy shit. R.I.P. Harold the Handyman because he did not (laughs) the next night, I guess, clear the woods before sundown and uh, hit something, almost hit something, so he stops and gets gets out, right? Or does he run into-
0: He hits a tree. He gets out. He's looking at the front damage and then oh and then he looks down he's like oh i have been impaled and then splat to the ground
1: yeah he gets uh yeah he gets impaled and then beat with a shovel these zombie ghost kids they got a real mo which is just <laughs> shovels and pickaxes and clubs and they will just knock you down and then just smash you with it over and over and over again until you're just a pile of meat that they can eat that's their whole thing so there's not a lot of innovation or difference in the kills everybody kind of dies the The same way. Nothing too inventive or interesting once you've seen one, but I guess it's that same night, coming back from the mine, Karen and Emma, the sun has gone down very quickly. See, that tells me how far away from their house they must be, because the sun was still up when she found her, and they're still not home, and it is pitch black outside. So they are lost in the woods, in the dark, starting to freak out, and then they find, they come across another house out in the woods, which they go to Check it out. The door's not locked, so she lets herself in. You know, she's, I mean, she's calling out. She's like, you know, hey, we're lost in the woods. Whoever lives here, you know. And Booth behind her is the guy who lives there. It's, yeah, it's Aaron Hanks. Uh, It's his place. He's played by Ben Cross, who, when I saw him, was like, oh, that guy's been in a bunch of stuff. But when I looked at IMDb, I was like, oh, not really, though. (laughs) Like, I didn't really know from too much stuff. He played Sarek in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, Spock's dad. Um, but that's kind of the only thing that jumped out is like, oh, that's where I know that guy from. But he just seems like there's something, his name and his face seem very familiar to me, but a- apparently not.
0: Yeah, that happens with some actors. I
1: don't remember if she asks him or if he confesses, but he's the guy who's been putting, there's blood on his no, door too. No, he confesses
0: because he's like, you don't have to thank me. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I think. get he's out like, and come back tomorrow.
1: Yeah, he's like, I've done you a service. You don't, yeah, you don't need to thank me. And she's like, um, yeah, I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> But again, follow-up questions. Ask him, why? Why are you doing that? (laughs) What is the significance of this? Beyond just you being weird.
0: And then you also do find out that he was the guy she saw after the nightmare uh, with the axe guy. Because he was leaving from putting fresh blood on the door.
1: And he's the guy that they almost hit way back at the beginning because he's wandering through the woods.
0: My question is... He says that the blood has to be blood of the kin so that they know not to go into that house. So does he just have saved up blood from different people or is it pig's blood? Like what kind of blood does he use? Well,
1: am I crazy? Am I thinking of a different movie that I get distracted? Or is there a scene where he is sitting and like draining his own blood into like mason jars? Am I nuts? No, is that a different not that movie? I can okay, I'm getting this confused with another movie, I guess, because that definitely happened in a movie that I watched recently. So I, maybe I got confused and thought that that was this one, because that would explain it if he was using his own blood, because he is a related to the minor kids, at least one of them. But I guess that never happened. I imagined that. So, but yeah, and he's like, I'll, wa- no I'll watch sure. your doors for you. Don't worry about it. She's like, okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> See you later. Thanks for nothing
0: and then he does tell them the right path
1: to get back to their house
0: yeah they do get home and then i think after that he walks into the farm shed he has where he's holding all of the little like pigs and then he's like all right come on pig it's time to go do some work and poor piggy ends up dinner food for the children
1: yeah i guess he's also on top of painting people's doors to protect them he's also feeding these zombies like
0: (laughs) which I mean that is a good way to keep them tamed
1: apparently not though because they still they just killed Harold they still (laughs) killed some teenagers in a minute so I don't know but yeah they come up on this he has a big old hog that he ties up out and they just appear from the mist and beat this thing to a bloody pile with their clubs and pickaxes and stuff and then eat it so then they just need flesh. So, but we get the idea later on that this is like a revenge thing. Like once they, because <clears throat> once they get revenge on the bloodline, the responsible for their deaths, they stop and everything's cool.
0: Yeah, and. Emma but then, what and do you Maddie need to eat pigs for? Like, <laughs> I don't know.
1: That's like, like, are they zombies or are they ghosts? if they're ghosts? They don't need to eat at all. If they're zombies, they do, but they shouldn't have an agenda behind it. <laughs> you just eat because they're hungry. So.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like, they make it unclear with that, like, what's, like, I could understand the kids wanting revenge, but you have to decide on what they actually are.
1: Yeah, not some weird amalgam of a couple different things. Yeah, here's where Sarah hears from the, her teen townie friends that like, they're, yeah, they're like, oh, you live up the tiny place, like, there's zombies up there. <laughs> like, they straight up tell her there's zombies up there. and She's like, okay, whatever that means. again. Follow-up questions, man. It's so important. So many things would be solved yes. because she's like, "That's like, a weird thing to say." Eh. Let's go have fun. Like, no, I, no, I would have. What do you mean by that? <laughs> anyway, there's a shot of the kids, the ghost kids, the or zombies, whatever, kind of approaching the tiny house. But they kind of they see the blood on the door and they kind of just stand outside and look at it. So it is deterring them. You know, Hank's Somehow. has the right idea. Then Tim and well, the Sarah's out with. Tim, and Lisa, and Shawn smoking, smoking wood in the weeds. Smoking weed in the woods. And she's supposed to be home by 11. They're cool and nice. They get her home by the time she's supposed to be. Everything's fine. Um, when they drop her off, her and Tim kiss. So it's definitely, you know, progressing. She's not hating it so much here now because she's maybe got a boyfriend and these cool weed friends. So it's maybe not so bad in zombie country, who knows? But when she comes in, Karen has this yeah, has this scrapbook that she found somewhere in the house with all these pictures of her dead husband, Sarah's dead dad, family members they didn't know about and she kind of gives pictures
0: us, dated to like nineteen oh four.
1: Yeah, also, yeah, way back in the family tree. <laughs> but we get some backstory as far as like they met when they were Sarah's age and she they got married right away and pregnant right away. And but she never really like, she knew he had, like, run away from here and, like, started over, but he never really talked about where he came from. So her... Yeah, This woman's she, whole life is, is not asking follow-up questions. Because
0: <laughs> her husband, she even says the line, he never talked about his family, and... I, I only found out about this house when I was going through your dad's papers once he died. And I was just like, Jesus, woman! Ha-, like... Isn't a marriage be based off of, like, truth? Like, and then the husband's just there, like, I'm not going to tell you shit. Let's move on. And she's just like, okay. Like, well, no I questions. Can,
1: I can see if it was a touch, you know, it's like, that's not my life anymore, and I left it behind, and I don't want to talk about it. You don't, you don't want to press the issue and bother the guy about it, but, yeah, it's a little weird that she never, that that was good enough, and she never dug any further, and he never wound up opening it up to her, so it must have been real bad. But again, why also, would, what, how was life so bad for him? It's not like zombie kids were coming after him because they're related. What, yeah, what, what made him... What drove me? him away? Is it just his family? It was just crazy or what? We don't know. We don't know. We'll never find out.
0: It's It's not like the kids had just died. Like The movie's not like in 2000 and they died in 1997. Right. It's not like he moved away to leave the past or his siblings dying. This happened in 1913 and we're like... 50 at least years away, why is everybody acting like it happened last Tuesday?
1: Because they're still walking around reminding you, I guess, and everybody seems to know about it but not do anything about it. The next day they're back at the little country store, they meet rude-ass Carlton, who owns all the land around here, is the ancestor, uh, or not the ancestor, the descendant of the guy who owned the mine back in 1913 who was responsible for the bad stuff. And yeah, he's an asshole. Karen's talking to the storekeeper, and he just comes in like he owns... Well, maybe he does own the place, but he waltzes in like he owns the place, and it's like, I need this and this and this. Bye. And goes out, and she's like, hey, excuse me. And he just ignores her, because he's a rich prick. And the store guy tells her that, like, oh, yeah, that's Carlton. He owns a bunch of stuff around here, and he's looking to build a ski resort. That's why he's up here. He's kind of surveying. He's got a team of surveyors out here, and they're going to figure all that out. So that night, Emma said... Again, this is... This is the moment you, you don't even pack shit. You just get in your car, you go find Sarah and you leave and move to Hawaii or whatever. Or be homeless even. I don't, whatever. Live under a bridge is better than this. Because Emma says (laughs) to her mom, she says, Mary doesn't want to hurt you, but she can't promise that for anyone else. (laughs) No, thank you. Leave. It's time to go. Yeah, no. That's not a conversation I'm willing to have with a child. No, thank you
0: you move out immediately <laughs> immediately like and she doesn't even question she's just like oh silly emma and her imaginary friend like woman your child just told you that your child cannot does not know like how, it doesn't make sense like she's just no so nonchalant about it like yeah okay bigger things to fry
1: like i understand that you're in a desperate situation housing wise but you can live in your car for a month while you figure it out (laughs) it sucks but you can do it because one or two things is happening either your child is making this up and they are a serial killer waiting to happen they are psychotic because no child should think to say things like that or your child has a ghost friend either way it's a pressing situation you need to get Emma help (laughs) or leave those are your two options sticking around and pretending like nothing's going on not for me
0: yeah no she also says that mary sleeps in
1: my bed now no thank you no (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not and here's where yeah here's where she tells she's like where'd you get that doll Oh, you know traded for my teddy bear
0: which no teddy bear like she didn't even check like no checking at all like this this lady like just checked out mentally she's just like all right new house i don't i don't care anymore i'm going to ignore all the creepy things in the woods not gonna see if my daughter's mentally okay and like they don't even explain like they not even in a like a really poor way like oh you know how your dad died two months ago like we don't know the duration so we don't know if any of their actions are because oh hey it just happened or if it's been like two years you assume it's been sooner but like you don't know like she doesn't even try to write it off as oh she just misses her dad nope just completely ignores that the kid has a ghost friend.
1: Yeah, and this this very well could be trauma and grief, and you probably, and Sarah clearly has some issues related to her dad, and you clearly do too. Like, all all three of you should be in therapy (laughs) and figure this out, because it's not a good situation right now. But now it's Karen's turn to go wandering off, so apparently within walking distance, I don't know how she finds the place, but within walking distance of their house is a mansion in the woods. Which is the Carlton mansion. She sees a car outside, so she knows someone should be home. She lets herself in and gets this woman just letting herself into places. Yeah, she's in, she's in this mansion. She's calling out, and then Carlton appears. He's like, hey, this is my house, and why are you here? Why, strange woman from the store, why are you in my house?
0: Yeah. And I don't even
1: remember what she... Because she went looking for his house, and she found it. So I don't know what she was looking to talk to him about. But he basically tells her, like, hey, I, by the way, I own your house so i'm putting a ski resort here so you have like a week to get your shit out like <laughs> and go somewhere else he's like no you don't like my husband my dead husband left me this and he's like yeah the house but i own the land the house is on and i can do whatever i want with it if i want to knock your house down tomorrow i will so have fun finding a new place to live soon
0: i think she originally wanted to talk to carlton to see if she could sell the house and get some money and leave but then he's he spins it out on you, and he's like, ah, ha, ha no, I yeah, own your sort of house
1: already. Yeah, I already own it, so don't even, don't even bother. Plus, what would that house be worth?
0: Nothing, man, I feel like nothing. a
1: strong wind would knock it over, so...
0: It looks so dilapidated.
1: I mean, it's an abandoned house in the woods. It's not going to do well. Then Karen finds pictures of Mary and Caleb Hanks. So she had seen pictures before, but they didn't have the names on them. Here's where she finds, like, oh... There's this. There was a child miner named Mary or Mary Tunney. That's weird. My kid keeps talking about a Mary. I wonder. Not like I wonder if she found this book and that's where she got the name from. No. So either it's either dawning on her finally, or it's just another thing she's willing to ignore. But we do. Yeah, we learn that Aaron Hanks is related to this Caleb Hanks, who was one of the kids who died there. So the pieces are kind of coming together slowly for her. Back at Carlton Mansion, one of the surveyors, who's in like a little trailer outside the mansion, he gets got by these kids. And This one makes sense. This makes yeah, the kids should be killing anything around the Carlton Mansion and you know anything related to Carlton because that's what the revenge is kind of about.
0: Yeah, that made sense.
1: Why like killing a the
0: plumber didn't? Yeah, poor, like
1: poor bastard. And then they're all then they're gonna attack a carful. I guess it's just anyone who's on our land who's not related to us. We're gonna get them, I guess, because... but
0: then they start trying to attack Sarah. Because isn't Sarah a Tunny? Like, why wouldn't she be safe? Like, they just start attacking her.
1: Yeah, she's like her half-yeah, half-Tunny, I guess. (laughs) Far enough down the line. They don't... I I mean, they kind of come at her, but certainly not in the way they do her friends. So maybe they weren't really trying to kill her? I don't know. But they're out in the woods again. They're drinking. They're having a conversation. Just hanging out, being being teenagers. Sean gets out to pee or something, and he's he gets impaled. Right? There's a lot of impaling.
0: He gets taken first, and no, actually, then he tries to mess with everyone in the car. So then he slams up against the car all yeah. suddenly, starts laughing. He gets got, or no, he just disappears. Tim gets out the car and he's like, "All right, we're gonna go." Car stuck. He gets out, starts pushing, he gets got, and then they start trying to attack the girl and Sarah.
1: Yeah, conveniently, the car is stuck in the mud that they didn't know was there, and he's trying to push it out. And this, this is probably the coolest scene in the movie because one of the minor kids with a pickaxe or whatever gets up on the car, and they're calling out to Tim, like, like look out, look out, because Tim's back is turned trying to push this car, and he can't hear him over the sound of her rev Like, stop revving for a second so you can <laughs> scream at him, but she doesn't. And the kid goes across the roof of the car, and down the, and then brings the pickaxe down and impales Tim. Now, so both guys are dead. Then they also grab Lisa, pull her out through the car window, and Sarah winds up getting by pure luck getting it unstuck. Which I mean, the car's lighter, so it should be harder to get out of the mud. But anyway, but she gets away, and then we cut back to just these kids because we saw them you know it's this circle of kids gets around their victim seven or eight of them and they just you just see them raising their raising their clubs and stuff and bringing them down so we don't actually see the violence itself necessarily but we see the aftermath because they cut back to them standing around looking down at what is basically a pile of clothes and gore like they have just smashed these people into unrecognizable mush.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. and while sarah is driving home and having a panic attack you just we go back to the little minor children just sitting there eating their little feast and it's just silence no music nothing just you watching the kids eat guts
1: yeah it's very very zombie for sure yeah they're just eating these pile of people that they've made yeah so sarah's headed back to the house karen realizes that in the middle of the night emma has wandered off again like after the first time figure out some kind of system i know you don't like i don't lock the front door do something put put measures in place so this kid can't just wander off yeah i'm not necessarily saying you should lock your kid in the room (laughs) that's not cool but figure something out like check on her once in a while or something because this kid manages to just leave your house whenever she feels like it and wander off in the dark night
0: and nobody noticed
1: and no one notices until it's too late Yeah, so Sarah gets back to the house, she's screaming at her mom like, it's not an urban legend, it's real, my friends are dead, and and we need to go. (laughs) Does not ask about Emma at all. Like, just, we need to go now. So that's messed up.
0: And then off to the woods for the chase scene where they're running and then they make the stupid mistake to yell out for Emma. And look, the minor kids are like fresh meat. So then they all start chasing. And then you see Carlton again, which by this point in the movie, I was just like, oh, come on, you can run a little faster, use the pickaxe a little harder, just get rid of them. He's just such an ass.
1: Yeah, they're running, the the kids, the ghost zombie kids see them and start chasing them through the woods, which again, if they're, ton- okay, Karen's not related. So Karen's easy prey, but yeah, Sarah should be at least half Tunny blood, so... Who knows? Their agenda. But yeah, they're running and they get to the road just in time as Carlton and his driver are driving up and almost hits them. let lets them in the car and then they get attacked by the kids, right? Oh yeah, and his driver gets
0: killed. Yeah, no, killed. the, um, Carlton's like, get out my car, you're getting mud in my car, freaking out about his car, when they're just like, drive. So then... They the, the kids manage to hit hit the tires, and so then they hit the windows. They're starting to attack the driver and Carlton, and the mom and Sarah manage to get out and run. So they do, but Carlton and the driver are just standing there. And then you just see the driver popping out a shotgun from the trunk, and he's like, "All right, I'm going to handle them one by one." And he sh- they shoot one, he falls down, gets back up, and then Carlton's like, "Can't shoot them; they're dead."
1: Yeah, shooting ineffective. Slows him down, doesn't stop. Who knows? They never try headshots, and who knows if it's zombie rules or not. But, but yeah, the driver gets swarmed and killed, so Claire, Carlton has to kind of run off after Karen and Sarah. They all wind up at—well, Karen and Sarah get there first. They wind up at Aaron Hanks's place. He lets them in. And then when Carlton shows up and is banging on the door, let me in. He's like, we're not letting him in. <laughs> and Sarah and Karen have to like convince him. Like you can't leave someone out there. He's going to get killed. <laughs> yeah. H- Hanks is like, yeah, I know. It's fine. Should have just left him out there. Cause if they'd have killed Carlton, it would have been over. Right. According to the end of the movie. yeah. They should have just left. But they talk him into letting him into. And here we get the, the, for sure, the detailed explanation of like the, family bloodline thing that they won't like you're safe i'm probably safe But you guys are fucked <laughs> so like carlton you're in big trouble karen you're probably in big trouble but we'll try to hold them off good
0: they run to the pig farm carlton getting there first and he hides and then they don't uh, try to attack like the kids are standing outside the barn but they don't attack it they just open the door and here's where hanks is like If y'all just stay still and let them eat Carlton, we're gonna be fine. Which he could have just if they just listened to him a little bit bit earlier, this would have all been avoided. But they stand still, the kids find Carlton, and finally they have their revenge. They eat him.
1: Yeah, they smash him up real good. Blood is pouring down through the because he went like upstairs in the barn or whatever, and the blood is like dripping down. So much blood is dripping down onto. Karen and Hanks and Sarah. There's just blood like in their eyes and like all over their hair. So they're coated in which I thought would be a cool thing of like, oh, we would have been fine, but now we're coated in Carlton blood, so now they want to come after us. But they didn't nope, do that. Not at all. It also would have been a nice piece of screenwriting symmetry if instead of this pig barn they had wound up wound up back at the mine. You yeah. know? They got chased to the mine where it all started and that's where it all ends and they kill Carlton in the mine and then it's over. But they don't. So, no,
0: nope.
1: I don't know. I feel like I could write a better but, version of this movie.
0: Yeah, probably would be better than what they came up with. Right after that, we finally see Emma again. And Emma's guess, I guess, is like the coal miner kid whisperer because they don't, they never attack her. They listen to her and they move out the way when she shouts out mom.
1: Yeah, she's just been, that's where she's been tonight. She's just been hanging out with ghost kids, I guess because she just appears yeah she appears out there with them like hey leave my mom alone that's my mom and they're like okay
0: yeah they just listen to her and then there's mary behind her and then it's very slow and the mom stops in front of emma and she's like i was so worried about you and then after they hug it just flashes back to hanks real quick and he's just smiling he's just like revenge for my distant cousin."
1: Yeah, or my whatever, who I never met, or my father never met, or my grandfather never met. Like, it's so far back on the family tree that it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they
0: dropped the ball there.
1: Like, if you told me, like, I have vague, very, very vague memories of my great-grandfather from when I was very, very very little. But if you told me my great-great-grandfather was murdered by so-and-so, I don't care. Like, that's an interesting story, but what am I going to do about it? Like, I don't know that person. He's my ancestor or whatever, but what am I supposed to do about it? Like, I don't know. It doesn't mean much to me. So it's a weird kind of, I don't know. Um, And then the end of the movie is the girls are driving away. So they're leaving the area, even though everything should be cool now. And they say that we're not going to sell the house. I feel like we should keep the house. But they're going somewhere else. So I don't know if they're coming back to live at the house later, or if they're done with the place and they're leaving, but they're not going to sell it. And she says that this this is some lazy ass screenwriting because <laughs> Sarah's like, yeah, but all those people died. And Karen says, Hey, Mr. Hanks has promised us he's going to tie up all the loose ends. What? What does that mean? How? <laughs> How many people are dead? A very rich man is dead. No one has questions. He just disappeared. Three teenagers disappeared. Harold the handyman disappeared, and no one gives a shit, and you've just made it disappear somehow? Backwoods shack man? How? How?
0: No, I honestly, I would like to see how... I think that would been more interesting to see how he would have handled it all. But it did end pretty cute, because Mary and her brother got to live back in the Tunny house. Hank's boarded it up, and so now they don't have to stay at the mines anymore. But, like, yes. what happened to the other kids? were they allowed into is it just for the Tunnies are they still like vampire ghost zombie creatures like do they need food is Hanks gonna feed them like they leave it loose but they also do kind of end it
1: yeah is Caleb gonna does Caleb just live in Aaron with Aaron Hanks in his house now like oh this is my ghost roommate little kid I'm related to I guess I don't know, but like once the revenge is done, they should just be like, "Pooh!" Like they should disappear. They should get to go to heaven or whatever. But no, they're still just stuck here. (laughs) What was the point of the revenge then? Like you've gained nothing from this, except I guess you get to not sleep in the mine anymore. But you still have a taste for flesh, I assume. And I don't know. It's not explained very well. But just the idea, like that's a whole other movie. The cover up that this guy is going to have to perpetrate to hide from the town. The details of these five people getting turned into mush and left, like, does he clean up the crime scene? Is there no DNA left from these teenagers that were massacred? I don't know how he does it, but apparently it's just taken care of. Don't worry about it. Roll credits.
0: It just kind of seems like everybody was like, oh, you get lost in the woods. Oopsies. And then just because nobody, like, This has had to happen before, like, bodies have gone missing from, like, campers and stuff like that. So is this whole town in on it? Like, nobody stopped and warned, like, of the It was only, like, the three kids and the country store owner. So none of them thought to be, like, oh, yeah, tons of murders have happened. Like, they didn't even set that up for, like, a possible cover-up. Like, people go missing here all the time.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It feels like they made the movie and they were like, can we have like five more minutes to really tie this up? And they were like, no, <laughs> just toss out a line about how everything's cool and then everything's cool. Okay. I guess. And that's Wicked Little Things. It's fine. Right? It's fine.
0: It wasn't terrible. No. Like
1: it's, it's very watchable. It's just not very smart.
0: Yeah, you no. Know. Like honestly it would be more filling fitting for a like psychological horror than like like regular just horror because to me the scare factor was like a two out of ten. Like the only time I got kind of nervous was when the um Karen and Sarah went into the mine and then they came out and then all the kids were staring at them. Like I got kind of nervous, like, oh, are they gonna get hurt? Is there gonna be a fight? But other than that, like, it wasn't scary. Like, it was kind of just like, oh, how sad. Kids died, and now they're just wanting revenge, and nobody cares, slash cares a lot. Yeah,
1: it's definitely not scary, and it doesn't all tie together terribly well, explanation-wise and all of that. But, yeah, Oh, uh, it's fine. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, you're welcome to your opinion. I feel like a 7 out of 10 is pretty high. I don't know. But that's, I mean, I'd, I'd, I don't know, I'd give it maybe more like a five at best, but I don't even usually do ratings. I usually just say it's good or it's not. And it's somewhere in the middle. It's fine. That's my word, fine. So any last thoughts on that movie before we move on?
0: I thought they could have set it up for like a really good sequel. I'm not really for sequels, but it's the plot was decent they just had some stuff to figure out like i wouldn't really rewatch it but it wasn't a waste of time no i wasn't
1: angry that i watched it that's for sure which is a step up for this show so uh it is that time of the episode where i press the magic button to find out what next week's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming will be And it's not just any episode. Every 25, next week is uh, episode 75, and every 25 episodes I do a full feature-length commentary. I've gotten lucky for the last two with It's a Wonderful Life and John Dies at the end, both good movies that I have seen and enjoy. My luck can't possibly hold, I can't possibly get three good ones in a row. That would be, it's crazy. So let's find out what next week's full-length commentary will be. Press the magic button now. Next week's movie is, well, I've heard of it at least. I think I've probably seen it. It's not good though. Uh, Double Impact. Start. Didn't that? Didn't I mention that early? Wow, that's weird. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, Double Impact. Starring John Van Dam and John Van Dam as separated twins. Big dumb action movie from nineteen ninety one, which is on Prime Video and Tubi. And. Also stars, I believe I mentioned earlier, yeah, Joffrey Lewis, who played Annieman Herald, is in that Wow, what a weird coincidence. That's next week's movie. Full-length commentary. That's everyone's homework, should you choose to accept it. Double impact on Prime and Tubi. So, that should be fun-ish. I think it's bad enough that it'll be fun to make fun of while we watch it. For a full 90 minutes. Um, where can people find you, ma'am, should you choose to be found?
0: Uh people can find me on Instagram at Skulls underscore N underscore Kittens and Slasher and Ghouls and Machetes.
1: Yes, Slasher for sure. Um I am, as always, at Heath Lambert78. On Twitter, the show is that so random P2. The show has a email address, that's a random pod at gmail.com. Get your comments, complaints, whatever in ASAP because uh, the first mailbag episode is coming very 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 soon so get in on that while you can. Uh, Artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter. Check out his stuff. He just joined Slasher as well. So you can find him there too. Great artist. Good guy. Thank you ma'am for being here. This was fun. You were great. We're going to do this again. Like I said, you are so much more prepared and talkative than many of my guests. And that speaks, not that speak badly of them, it speaks highly of you. So, you will definitely become a, uh, a, that's a random all-star, for sure, going forward. So we'll see you again soon. Um, On behalf of myself and Silas, everyone have a good week. And we will see you back here for Double Impact full-length commentary next week. Goodbye, everybody.